What do you get when the audacious and the therapist collide? A crash course in unpolished therapy. Rachel Silvercone and Dr. Boca aren't afraid to spin out of control, tackling all the tough talk. Their weekly sesh meets at the corner of Audacity and Advice, where their wheels and yours get turned upside down. Good morning. Happy Wednesday, everyone. It's another episode of Unpolished Therapy. I am Rachel Silver Cohen here with the one and only DB, Dr. Boca. We have ditched the couch. We have grabbed the mics. We are breaking down all the unpolished wreckage on the corner of audacity and advice. Dr. Boca, as the kids say, what's good? Life is good. It's Wednesday and we're here, my favorite place to be. And all's right in the world, at least for right now. So okay. how have you been? I'm good. Happy Mother's Day from Sunday. Like we didn't yes. acknowledge that last week. So I hope you had a nice Mother's Day. Yes. Happy Mother's Day to you. Is yours nice? Yeah. You know, I'm still recovering from being down and out last week. But listen, Hi. every day should be Mother's Day right? It isn't, but it should. (laughs) Well, it should. It should. We know it isn't and we're unpolished, so we have to at least keep it real. But I will tell you something about mothers that I want to mention yesterday in particular on Mother's Day. I listened, and I don't know if you caught a clip of this, but you should if, if you haven't. I listened to Maria Shriver. She was the commencement speaker at the University of Michigan's graduating class of 2022 last weekend. And it was so amazing and it was so moving and powerful. And it isn't anything that we haven't necessarily heard before, but her whole theme and the, the whole narrative was about facing your fears and having courage and being brave enough to know that you've made mistakes, but you get back up and you climb up and you try again. And we're living in a world now where being defined by our fear is something that is, I guess, I don't know if I'm phrasing this the right way, but maybe taking your fear and recognizing that you're not defined by your fear. Mm -hmm. But if anything, it's the fear that fuels you to put one step in front of the other. And I thought it was such an amazing speech. And she's such a great speaker to begin with and so well known. But the biggest takeaway was initially in her opening remarks, she said she didn't want to do it at first. She didn't want to get up and be the keynote speaker because she thought that people would say like, well, why her? Or how come not someone better? And she then realized and kind of dug deep inside that the only reason why she was trying to come up with all these excuses not to do it was because she was scared. Of course. And she didn't want to let that like imposter syndrome that Mm -hmm. when I have talked about over time get in the way. And it was remarkable from just being the strong woman to all the leaders in the world that we have this responsibility, I think, to get out of our own way and tackle our fears and combat whatever our demons are. And it, it just reminds me that the work you and I do together on Wednesdays is a form of therapy for me, even though we joke that it's not real <laughs> therapy. And it's helped me kind of tackle a lot of my fears. I have another group that I participate in on Thursdays that has really kind of helped me bridge the gap also with some of my fears and my own personal issues. And I kind of fell into it out of nowhere, really, but maybe somewhere that I didn't even know. Um, and, and it was right in front of my eyes. And, and mm. friends of mine who've been going to Israel year after year and all these 
women groups and all that. In years past, it was something that like, and you know me well enough now to know that like the idea of like going <laughs> yes. anywhere with like a gaggle of women just- I know that feeling well, Rach. Yeah, I know like, that feeling well. Don't sign me up for that. When I nope. say sign me up a lot for a lot of things, but that, mm, no, hard nope. pass. But then some of my really dear friends came home from this trip and they were just changed people. And not in the way where they're like so over the top, but in a way that I respected that what they had learned was so powerful because it wasn't necessarily the religious aspect of things. It was the universal messages and tools that these women were gathered together to learn from each other. Yes, being in Israel, but then they brought it back to the States and they were meeting once a week and it was so inspiring. And it really sounded as though it was like this form of therapy, if you will. And I kind of said, you know what? It kind of also sounds like something I'm not that interested in, (laughs) especially on Thursdays in the middle of my workday. If you know anything about me, you know that like the last thing I want to do is like cut my work short. There's no room in your calendar to do no that. No room in the calendar. <laughs> None. Like I, it literally, there's no place to write it. I've there's seen not, my calendar. Except I have to tell you, I kind of just made this commitment to say, because it feels a little scary, because it mm-hmm. feels like this is something I fear, being in like someone's home with a bunch of women that I have no idea who they are, maybe that's where I should take the leap of faith and I should yep. do it and I should step outside of my comfort zone and work will be there when I get back. But what's an hour outside of my day? That all being said, I want to tell you that it paid off because I don't want to say I've learned so much because I think what I've learned is that I have so much more to learn and I know nothing, but I've gotten such great meat and potato out of, or maybe I should say brisket and potato lockers. I don't know. Um, (laughs) I've gotten such great insight and my teacher, my mentor, my spiritual advisor, I guess we'll call her, but most notably someone who's really become a friend, my friend Shandel Plotkin, who really inspires me. And she is warm and kind and loving. And I got to tell you something, she's unpolished, which I think is what drew me to her initially. She's not your cookie cutter Hebrew school teacher. Okay. Wow. She is quirky in, I say that so endearingly, and she smiles and she laughs and she has more love to give than than anyone I've ever met. And she just spoke to me in a way that I I was like, well, I mean, I kind of should be working on Thursdays, but I'd rather be hanging out with Shanezel. And I have to tell you something. I asked Shanezel to come on and chat with us. Oh my gosh. Okay. Wait. Before you like introduce her, like I'm blown away by this because for anyone who knows me, Rach, I said those exact words and there was no way I was going on the trip. No way, not happening. And my great friend said, oh, come on, come with me, come with me. And I was like, you fill out the application and maybe I'll join you. And I was the one who said, I'm not going to dance. I'm not opening myself up. I said, I have a reputation in the community to protect. Like, no way. I have to tell you, it changed my life in so many ways. And again, you are so right because it was all the universal things. However, this is going to sound so cheesy. Oh, and by the way, I did dance. Okay, so like, let's have that moment. Okay, but it's going to sound cheesy. I had an amazing, amazing, amazing experience, the best of people, the best of experience, the best of growth and learning and taking in just a whole new perspective. 
but I did not get to go with Shandel. And as a person who is active in our Jewish community here, I have heard about her. I have known about her. I have had a million of my friends, maybe not a million, but it feels like a million of my friends be blessed with the opportunity to go and have these spiritual awakenings is what I'm going to call them in Israel with her and Simone, of course, but I have met Simone and I have been jealous and like, that's not the greatest quality. Okay. But I've been jealous. I have wanted to meet her. I have wanted to know her and I can't believe that you invited her here. So thank well, you. I- I did. And you're welcome. And be jealous no more because Shandel now has graciously, and I mean, I don't know anyone busier than Shandel. So the fact that she had given up some time to spend with little old you and I, I'm so humbled. But just for the listeners out there too, please don't shy away that we're talking about Israel and Judaism and all that. This is something for everyone. To know Shandel is to love Shandel. And she has wisdom coming out of her ears and her eyes and all of her orifices. So I want you to (laughs) hang on with us here today on the corner of audacity and advice because Shandel Plotkin, she is so passionate about working with women and children and families, and she helps them grow and develop spiritually and personally. I mean, I can attest to that myself. Yes, her background is in the Jewish community and Jewish education and Israel, but her presence here in South Florida is expanding day by day, minute by minute, if you can believe it. And we'll have to get into this. But Shandel is also certified as a female farmer in Florida. Oh my okay? goodness. I didn't know that. Yep. She ha- I don't even know what being a female farmer what means. What does that mean? We're going to ask her. She has a beautiful, beautiful retreat and, and this five acres of just stunning lands full of wisdom and love and Lumi West retreat where, and I will tell you just as of recently, they brought in a family from the Ukraine that are refugees here in this current war that's going on and they have welcomed them into their home. She is a force to be reckoned with. I have to tell you, she is a writer of nine novels and children's stories. She is a professional memoirist. She has written for several international magazines. She has a master's of arts degree in Jewish education. My God, I mean, I could just go on and on and on. She has a bachelor's of arts in journalism. She is a graduate from a seminary in Jerusalem. She has studied Jewish texts and philosophy for years upon years. And I have to tell you, at first I thought she was unpolished, but then when I did a little digging to actually see like what her pedigree is, she's not so unpolished. No, I'm thinking she could take my seat and I could go to the farm and like whatever's on that farm, I'll figure out what to do with. And she can have my seat here. I know. And you know, she is a wife and a mother and a sister and a friend. And obviously, as I mentioned, a mentor. And did I say with the kids? Okay. She's a mother. She doesn't have one, two, three, four, five. She's got way more than a basketball team. I think maybe a little less than a football team. I've lost count. I don't know how many are on each team, so it won't matter. Well, (laughs) she is a leader of all leaders, but the most humblest of leaders. And it is my humble pleasure to introduce Shandel Plotkin, I will say without further ado, or maybe I should say without further ado, (laughs) (laughs) Shandel Plotkin, thank you so much for being here. Oh my gosh. I don't know what to say. I don't know how to start except saying hello. And I'm so grateful to be here. You ladies are beautiful inside and out. And I just, I'm so grateful that you are welcoming me into this sacred space together. Let's have a good time, polished or unpolished. And I love what you said about me. I'm failing 
I know. Are you like, no, more, 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 Definitely lay it on. More, more, more. And it's right off Mother's Day where I got such nice things and I'm just ready for more. Mother's I'm like week. starstruck here. I, I mean, yeah. like I'm looking at my face in the Zoom and I'm starstruck sitting yeah. here. Thank you for coming today. Rachel, this was such a gift to me. I'm so happy that you can be here and humbled I am right now because all that you do for our community, but all that you do for the entire world here at this point is beyond. And just that you are here and being unpolished with us, greatest gift. So welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much. I am, I'm already enjoying my time here so much with your introduction together and your rapport back and forth. I'm having a great time. Shandel, let me ask you a question. Let's bring it back to the beginning for the listeners out there. Because I remember when I first met you, I just assumed, and you know what they say when you assume, right? That this whole way of life for you was your path from the very, very beginning. And I was soon surprised actually to hear from your beginnings that that wasn't the case. So tell us a little bit about how it all started, where you grew up, your family background, and then how that kind of turned into your love of Israel and where you are now. Wow. Okay. I love it. I mean, it's not often you hear about a brown hair, brown eyed Jewish girl born in Brooklyn. So I really appreciate the uniqueness <laughs> of my story. But yes, I was born in Brooklyn and loved it, was a child there, brother and a sister, and connected Jewishly and spiritually in a beautiful way. Not religious, you wouldn't call us religious or Zionists even, but conscious, you know, mildly mm-hmm. conscious of our Jewish life. And When I finished college at Florida State, a friend of mine who was Israeli invited me to visit her family in Israel. Mm. And you had never been to Israel before? Had never been, told my parents. There was mixed feelings, but my dad said, go for it. You should go and do that. That would be exciting for you. So I ended up going to Israel with a friend, Ronit, not a religious girl, but four generations Israeli and traveled all over the land with her and ended up staying longer and volunteering in the army in Israel. Mm which was powerful to kind of experience young people my age committing to something, passionate about something, something called Israel, something called the Jewish people that I knew I was a part of, but never really became intimately involved with and connected to until that moment. And that started me kind of on my journey. When I came back to the States, I sought out Jewish experiences, whether it was at a Shabbat table or a holiday or some friends that were doing something interesting about Israel and grew and grew in that way and found myself back in Israel a number of times and having two of my children born there and my husband and I lived there for several years. It really became a core part of who we are as a community, as a people. And that has led us to lots of different spiritual awakenings and journeys, some more traditionally leaning towards with with a Jewish community here in Boca and others that are just foundations of how to be a good human being and how that all comes from the same place, you know? And I'm so glad you said it like that, because Mm -hmm. that is really what resonates with me and what resonated with me the first time I took one of your classes, that that's what it's about. It's about the humanity piece of this, that, and I'm not dismissing the religious aspect of your craft and your wisdom and the knowledge that that you exude, but the way that you tie it together for people like myself who, when I was growing up, yeah, I, we've talked about this in class. I grew up Jewish because that's just what it was. There was mm-hmm. no choice. 
I wasn't given a menu. Do you want to be Jewish today? Do you want to be Catholic today? You're the product of your environment. But now as an adult to learn some of the things that we thought we knew or we Mm -hmm. thought we learned as a kid because we had to, but to now see it through a lens of being an adult, being a person in the community, being Mm -hmm. a parent, being whoever we are. And and I don't want to exclude men from this too, but that's what has touched the nerve for me. And Dr. Book, I don't know if you can speak on that too, even just from the therapy standpoint, the wisdom that we gain through one lens, I use the reference of a kaleidoscope Mm -hmm. that there's so many different facets that you see, no matter what the specific topic is you may be touching on. Yeah. I mean, from my own experience is, you know, theory is great. So we can like compare that to the religious teachings, but when you can extrapolate it and see it through, as you said, the kaleidoscope, or I was going to say a prism, and it's refracted in all of these different ways in terms of relationships and intimacy and experience and the roles that we play and the people that we engage with, it just becomes so much richer and so much more global than like a theory or something that you learned to reference it back to Hebrew school. We learned a concept in Hebrew school. And we were supposed to take that as a truism, right? But you see your children asking those questions. And now you're in a role where you're teaching and you want the information and you see how it brings family together. And you see that the meaning behind this and what it actually entails and how it drives community together and thought and feeling and compassions of people. And you're just like, and it just keeps growing and growing and growing. And it's a beautiful, beautiful thing. So I think that, Shanda, what you are doing, we use the word universal, and I really believe that what you're giving people is that wider scope, that wider vision, that wider understanding of taking a concept. And again, I don't want to keep going back to the Jewish concept, but it is. It's a Jewish teaching, a Jewish learning, a Jewish whatever, and how it doesn't matter if you're Jewish. This applies to human beings. It applies to relationships and all of those other facets. So it's a, it's a beautiful thing. Well, I appreciate that. And I love what you're saying. And I think that the core, what we're doing together in, in our Thursday learning and going to Israel and bringing women together, even though it's scary, like you said, a little too much women power together, but it's, it's never too much for me, gives us an opportunity to tap into ourselves a little deeper And when we do that in a safe space and in an environment that's Jewish, that we're kind of like bringing all of us together, we'll get deeper with what we need and what we want. And there's one level of Jewish education that gives us that smile and we remember the holidays and how we felt and the memory and the meaning. And uh, it takes us back to those places of joy and love and youth. Those are Mm -hmm. very important levels of connection. But there's a whole other importance and value in this type of study, and we call it Torah study. We're diving into some beautiful, deep ideas that are transcendent across millennia, you know, Mm -hmm. then finding what relates to us today. And what's so exciting for us is that it all relates to us today. And once we say, wait a minute, this is relevant to me. This is relatable. It's not just that I'm learning about something that the rabbi said so many years ago. And yes, my parents did it this way, but I'm not doing it this way. There's a place for me in all of this and a place that's not only for me, but like designed for me, soulfully speaks to me and I can bring it out into the world and still call myself Jewish and soulful and connected to my people. So that's what I love about it. And 
to the point of Israel and going to these Israel trips. You know, I've led over 300 women from our community to Israel over the last several years. My husband and I lived there for seven years. Seven's actually a pretty powerful number. Yeah. Lots of sevens. Um, Is that how many kids you have, Shane? Don't- I do have seven kids. Thank you for saying wow. that. <laughs> wow, look at that. I knew there was a deeper reason. Two of them were born in Israel. And there's some powerful moments we had when we lived there because it's not always perceived as a peaceful place to be. And there's tension and turmoil. And you have to kind of ask yourself often, especially being away from family and parents and siblings, am I supposed to be here? Mm. Should I be here? And we always said, yes, we'll stay. We'll be here. And I had a powerful conversation many years ago with one of my mentors and teachers and I said to her, should I stay? You know, there's, there's bombs, there's, there's a lot of bad things going on right now in the land. And we're living in Jerusalem with three babies. She said, I can't answer that, but answer this. Are you a frontline Jew or are you a sideline Jew? You know, Mm -hmm. where are you? And I had to really decide where do I want to position myself as a Jewish woman, a Jewish mother, a Jewish wife, a Jewish soul. If I'm going to engage in something, I want it to be fully. So I stayed. And from that kind of evolution in that moment, I've asked myself those questions often. It leads me to say, yes, I'm going back to fear to say, I am afraid, but this fear is going to lead me to the place I need to get to. So I'm going to take it with me as I go into a place of courage, but I'm not going to leave it behind or pretend I don't have it. I want to say something to that. And it's so amazing because knowing you the way that I know you now, Shandall, your authenticity, it just, it radiates through, even though we're on Zoom now and we all look silly with our earphones on. (laughs) There's something about you that when you just relayed that story about, am I a sideline Jew or am I a frontline Jew? I remember the first time you told me that story in one of our classes and it's almost verbatim. And I love that about you. And what I want to share with you, while I am nowhere near a frontline Jew the way that you are, being part of your world now. And I kind of feel like I can speak on behalf of the other women that you've touched their lives. You have made us all, now while again, we are not nearly as frontline as you are, you've been able to help nudge us from the sideline to a little bit closer into the field. And that's as much, you know, in my unpolishedness, I don't know how much more I can do now by staying authentic to myself. I'm not going to say, okay, sign me up. I'm, I'm on the front lines. But the knowledge and the wisdom that I've gained through you week in and week out, I think you've captured so much. And the relevancy that you talk about in the lessons that you teach coming from the Torah but turning it into modern day life as a Jewish mother and wife and person in the community is so powerful. So I thank you for that. One of the things what I'm hearing and also what I've experienced is I'm imagining our listeners and how many of us have been in this situation where we want to be connected. But when it comes to Judaism, since most of us, us secular Jews, have started in Hebrew school, it got bar and bat mitzvah and said, peace out. It sounds like a daunting task to get connected and start from the beginning, right? So a lot of people shy away from it. It's intimidating. It's very intimidating. There's all these rules and all these things. And what I love about the work that you do, Shandel, and all of the trips to Israel and all of this is we kind of get the message that you don't have to do it all. You don't have to know it all. You don't have to start all the way from the beginning, 
right? We just have to make small changes or extrapolate some of the learnings or the teachings that you're explaining. And we can integrate that into our life. And we can, through those small changes, develop the connection rate. Like you're saying that you go to these classes and you don't know everything in the, in, in the Torah. You have no idea half of it, right? But because there are like-minded people there who are learning and Shandel's giving you this information, you feel more connected to some of it and you start to internalize it and you start to incorporate it and live it. And that to me is the most powerful thing. I love what you said about connection. And I'll speak to that a little bit because it's not about religion. It's about individuals. It's about relationships. Yeah. Anything we do and we say, I want more of this, it's because of how we felt with the people or person that were with us. This space, this five-acre Lumi West retreat was a dream of Baruch, my husband Baruch and I. We loved kibbutz life. We loved living in the land and hiking and praying outside more than inside. And we have a lot of uh, similar feelings about that and bringing people together bringing community together. We get very excited when there's lots of people around us growing and thinking and dreaming and singing and drinking and all that good stuff. So, drinking. Uh, yeah, Emphasis that's good. on the drinking, Shane. Oh, I have, we've, we've had some drinks together. We have. Yeah, Rachel it's, a lot of fun. it's a lot of fun. And one of the things we did when we first explored buying this land for a Jewish retreat center, a really a spiritual retreat center, because we bring a lot of people out here, regardless of religion, we bring people out here. We feel this is like a fueling station for purpose and get filled up, whether you're in the garden, planting or harvesting or picking sunflowers or making a beautiful bouquet or weeding, (laughs) whatever we need out there, you're going to feel energized and take that energy and go out and do good with it. Wherever you go, we've brought so many different types of uh, children, families, community, members of my agricultural community, my farm community out here to work together, to dream together, to laugh together. And we do that because, and I'll tell you, that's Torah, my friends, that's Mm -hmm. the divine, that's godliness. Mm -hmm. That is anything that you might think, is that Jewish? I say to people more often than not, I'm going to say, yes, it is. And here's where you'll find it. Because the divine is bigger than all of us. We just have to tap in little by little feel it connect to us individually, and then bring it out into the world. And we do that in all different ways. You know, I was saying drinking, but it's really a holy thing in the week cycle of life and the Sabbath that you have a l'chaim. And when COVID started- I'm not on the sidelines. Not at all. My duty isn't when it comes to drinking. You're on the front line. (laughs) I'm on the front line with you, I love it. Mazel tov. You got it. You got onto the front line, Rach. But it's simple things that we just look to be together, to elevate the moments together. That's part of the weekly celebration of spirituality and creation is elevating. Mm -hmm. And anything we do, we want to elevate it. So I say to people, this is what we're learning on Thursdays. I teach a few days a week throughout the community with different groups. And that feeling of community and connection and individual, to be lit up individually through these teachings and these sources, it's very powerful. It changes our lives. Shandel, when you started these classes, were you surprised at how little us Boca women, if you will, and I don't want to just keep it to Boca because I know we have listeners all over, but in our community, were you surprised at how little we did know? Sometimes I feel like I wish I was Benjamin Button and I went backwards (laughs) because we don't know nearly as much as I guess, and maybe that's a societal thing that like, and back to that whole imposter syndrome, we were supposed to know A, B, C, and D, and we don't. And are you surprised at how much we've learned from you? 
I'm always surprised by people, which is part of my personality. I look for ways to be surprised and enjoy new experiences. No, I wouldn't say I was surprised at how little my dear friends that I study with know. I would tell you that I'm excited each week to learn how much they want to grow. Mm -hmm. I'm excited to find out how there's no barriers or boundaries, like let's go deeper. And if we're talking about a personal experience, because we get very personal, we can relate it back to kind of wisdom and soulful thinking and teachings that have been there before. So we don't feel alone. So I never find anyone I study with to not know things. In fact, I find everyone I study with to constantly teach me new things. Yep. And I'm That's a lover of That's what makes you learning. so special, Shane, all that, that you really see such growth and potential in others. And as a result of that, you are growing and learning. Mm-hmm. And you're like the vegetables and the flowers in your garden. You're just blooming constantly with new concepts that you're teaching and that you're also learning through others. I love that. I think that's yeah. amazing. And I think you hit on something, Shandell, is that when people are together, they draw energy from each other and they want to know more and they want to grow. It's an inevitable thing. I mean, yes, you are a catalyst for sure to that because of your openness and your your knowledge and the and the passion that you exude and the and the the perspective that you take and that is definitely a huge component of it but there is something about like you said being in a safe place people are drawn to want to connect and when we do connect and we have support in that process and i see it with my patients they want to connect to people they want to make themselves get rid of the fear and they want to work through that fear to develop an intimacy. And I think that's what's missing in our society, whether it's from a Jewish perspective or not Jewish perspective. I see it across all religions and cultures. It's this desire for intimacy and how difficult it is because we don't slow down enough to allow those opportunities to develop or we sit in our fear. These classes are an opportunity to start letting down that wall. You can plant that seed and you are nurturing it and all the people in your group, Rach, it sounds like are nurturing it and taking it out into the world. And if you change one person and then they change another person and then they give their gift to another person, eventually you move the entire community world in a positive direction. So we here at Lumi West Retreat, we have a great opportunity because we have so much space and we are not affiliated with any denomination of sorts. We're for the Jewish, Lumi means for my people. And we're, we're able to really embrace that idea because peoplehood is very important to us and who started this and the group that we have that are building it. So about a month ago, we had an interfaith project here. We partnered with B'nai Torah and with St. Gregory's and one of the mosques in the area because we have this open tent in this great space. So people are coming to us for their not only weddings and bar mitzvahs and birthdays, but programs that are meaningful and important to have. And we had this beautiful experience where we had everybody dialoguing together. And while we were there, one of my dear friends said to me, I was just thinking what's happening with the Ukrainian refugees. We have the space, we have the opportunity. Is the Jewish community doing anything? And I said, I'm sure, let me do some checking. And I emailed a friend who I knew was really tapped into the global Jewish community. And a day later, I had sent an application to B'nai Aviv Congregation. It's a beautiful conservative synagogue in Weston, who told me they have a Ukrainian refugee family that's just getting here. They need a place to stay with two small children. And 
without even hesitation, I said, yes, which is kind of what I do. And I told you that earlier, like (laughs) saying yes is big and I just figure it out after, which is how I became a female farmer, by the way. I wouldn't say I'm the best one, but I'm there. I'm in the game. (laughs) You're on the front line. I said yes when they approached me. I will tell you about that. But we said yes. And days later, 24 hours later, we had furnished an entire house for this beautiful family. The mom is 25. The dad is 32. A three-year-old and a five-month-old little girls. Not a word of English. I live on Google Translate now, English to Ukrainian. And this happened because somebody said, here in this beautiful sacred space, are we doing anything? Can we help? And we said yes. And then we followed through, which is huge, Mm -hmm. by the way, in terms of making things happen and making change happen is is the follow through. The idea stays an idea, but the hard work and faith make it happen. And uh, that's what I've learned out here also, a little wisdom from the Torah. But they're here. They're absolutely beautiful. And when Olga said to me, Shandel, why did you do this? And a few friends and a few people, of course, they said, is this a Jewish family? I said, no, it's not a Jewish family. And I said, but we are. Mm. We are a Jewish family. And this is what we do. We help others. And everybody's been so excited and embracing and loving and really owning that we do that. That's what the Jewish people do. So it's been a real gift and an honor for our family to be a part of it. And uh, yeah. You know what I think so fantastic about you too, Shandal, is that most of us, I'm putting myself in this list, we're planners and we're thinkers and we're overthinkers. And how can I do this? Because I have this to do. And how can I do that? And so many times we collectively say no, but you, because again, no one is busier than you are, but you collectively, your instinct is to say yes. And to your point earlier about that's your faith, that things just have a way of working out. And that too is the Torah. And I admire that. And that is some of my takeaways. I have learned through you and even Dr. Boga from the work you and I have done together as well, say yes, and you'll figure it out. And At the end of the day, someone's going to have a roof over their head. At the end of the day, the electric bill is going to get paid. At the end of the day, you have a warm bed to sleep in because people like yourself, they say yes, and then they Mm -hmm. figure it out. And the community, when we rally around each other, and when you're surrounded by like-minded people, and you, Shandle, you are taking your stuff, your inner guts, right? And you are sprinkling it on your farm and to all of us. And now we want to emulate that too. And we want to say yes. And we want to be like Shandal. And I do think that is how our community grows. And how wonderful is that? And Rach, you said what I was trying to say so much better. So thank you. That was exactly what I was trying to say. And I think we should get like t-shirts made. Like be like Shandal. Be like like Shandal. You like that? I don't like that very much, no. But I love everything you're saying. And I really genuinely... I'm so grateful choosing to be surrounded by people that want to make great change. And and like you said, one person, 10 people, 100 people, they just want to make a difference. And to be surrounded by people like that, it makes us better people. We work harder. We want to. And that's been one of the greatest gifts out here. And people find us. People, Some don't know about us yet. And then they mm-hmm. stumble on and they go, where am I? What is this place? Yeah. And you know, What's cute is some of my friends, when we started, you know, this five-minute elevator pitch, you know, what is our pitch? Like, what are we? And we always laugh. It's like that Seinfeld, you know, when 
George and Jerry are like, what is the show though? And they're like, this, what we're doing right now. This is So we, whenever somebody comes out here, they're like, but what is this place? And we're like this, what we're doing now? Like you're drinking a drink and we're walking around. That's what this is. But everybody at the end of the day is like, yeah, that's what I want it to be. And it's making me feel great. So let's do it. And I just want to interrupt you to say to the listeners out there, I just want to put this in perspective for you because you just hit the nail on the head. The fact that Shanesel just used a Seinfeld reference Mm -hmm. to explain what goes on at the retreat and tie in the Judaism and this is what we do and it's so unpolished, that is the draw. And when we're in class together, I would never leave my quasi-work situation on a Thursday if I thought I was going, quote-unquote, to temple or to Hebrew school. The Mm -hmm. way that she teaches is through her beautiful anecdotal stories. And we laugh and we giggle and we make fun of ourselves and there's self-deprecation. And that is the draw and it makes it relatable. And that's what I love so much. I'm hoping, Shandel, you'll relay a story that you told us in one of our classes. And I don't want to put you on the spot, but I'm going to. The reason I'm asking you to talk about this topic is because a lot of our listeners, I think over the course of time, we've we've talked about purpose and about being, for the most part, middle-aged women and our kids are getting older and now what do I do? And I don't know who I am and I've been married for X amount of years or now I'm not married, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And we had a class once and, and the topic was about purpose. And you talked about it so beautifully, but simply put. And if you would share a little bit of that, I think it would help a lot of the listeners. Oh, I thank you for that. I do remember that class. And it was a really powerful moment of growing and hearing each other. So we have these big ideas in Judaism. They say, you got to find your purpose. And here you are. You learn that at 10, 12, 22. Okay, my kid's just graduating college, man. Find your purpose. Find what you want to do with the rest of your life. Great. You're going to do it. And then you get 40 and 50 and 60 and so on. And you've had a beautiful life and you've, and you've worked hard and you've done a lot of great things. Then I have a class that I teach on purpose. And I had a woman, a dear, dear friend say to me, Shandel, I'm in my mid sixties. What if I haven't found my purpose yet? I, I mm. get, I get scared when you say purpose, it's a big word. And I went back into the teaching and the understanding of what it truly means in Judaism. And this is what it means. And this is so important for us to realize. Anything we choose to do at any moment we choose to do it, if we do it in purpose, if we do it consciously, mindfully, thoughtfully, lovingly, we are living in purpose. Mm-hmm. It's not this big thing, I'm going to run a country. It is how will I act and respond and react every day in what I do with who I'm with. That is living in purpose in the Torah. And I love that idea because it. It really gave us all a real breather. I was going to say, like, take a deep breath. I just exhaled. I just exhaled. I was like, oh, okay. God. It was amazing. I had so many friends, and we were all talking about it for days to come, you know, and it just put wonderful things in perspective for us because everything is doable when you put it in small steps Mm -hmm. and small perspectives. And you're again with the right people that encourage you. And that's community. And that is relationships and Torah. You know, that's what it is. That was beautiful. I love that. Okay. Because it's always nice to be able to breathe. But for our listeners, I want to kind of just paint the picture of the fact that there is this 
unbelievably magical place in the middle of Boca Raton, okay? Because here we are surrounded by homes and communities, big houses and buildings. There's corporate, we have beaches, right? There's no land here left. I mean, there's very, very little land here. So in the midst of all of this, okay, you find this haven, or for lack of a better word, where what's happening there is this, right? And people are just stunned by this. They don't know what to to make of it, like you were saying, Shandal. And I think that's what makes it even more amazing is that it's like an oasis in the middle of life getting the better of us and this busy bustling of hurrying and not purpose because we're not mindful at all about half the things that we're doing. And so to have an opportunity to come someplace and to connect and to afford ourselves that opportunity to be mindful will be what will allow us to find that purpose and live that purpose. So I wanted them to understand that we're not living in a place where we have fields and landscaping everywhere where there's farms a dozen because there are not. Let me just jump in and say, you know, we always say like we're not in Kansas anymore, but in the case of Liumi, we're not in Boca anymore, folks. Right. We, we kind of are in Kansas. Right. And it, it is this sanctuary of just beauty and land yeah. and natural and organic, literally and figuratively. And there is an energy there. Shandle, there yeah. is. When I pull into your oasis, if you will, I definitely feel like, wow, I got here A, without a passport and I'll still be home for dinner. But I really feel refreshed that there's just something about the energy and the environment that you don't want to leave. So, and to me, that's the feeling that you get when you land in Israel, right? It's that you just, you take this breath and you take it all in and you're like, I'm home. And it's that same feeling that really, that's the feeling that starts the movement of growth and energy and connection. It's amazing. Absolutely amazing. We definitely hear, I feel like I'm in Israel. I feel it's like a taste of Israel when I come to the kibbutz, Del Rey, you know? And we love that about it because my husband and I are, again, we, we had two of our kids in Israel. We lived there. We're Zionists. And we very strongly identify with the Zionist uh, people and the Jewish people and the importance of the land. So that's a big part of who we are. When people come out here, whether it's for gardening or meditation, I do dance workshops with women, uh, Shekhinah dance movements with a friend of mine, and uh, Rosh Chodesh or New Moon celebrations with sage and uh, the elements. All of this is Jewish, by the way, yeah, yep. which we never really learned in Hebrew school, like, like nope. uh, Dr. Boko was saying. We can explore so many aspects of our interest out here and not be confined in a box or with an opening a sea door, which has its place. And I'm not saying it doesn't, but sometimes there's so much work to be done before we get to that book or get to that place. Mm-hmm. And this is a space that, that kind of lends itself to that. And we had a big a farm to table Friday night dinner last week with 80 people in the tent, but not mm-hmm. all in the tent because we had 30 teenagers playing hoops outside the tent. <laughs> And other kids sitting on the hammock and friends at the courtyard getting a drink and everyone singing and talking. And it was just an open, beautiful space, which is what we try to bring people and how we try to bring people together. Well, you don't, you do more than just try, Shandel. You do. (laughs) And I want to be clear that you've taught me too, the words we use, we have to be purposeful with our words. 
So you're not trying, you're doing. I am doing. Thank you for correcting me because I have a friend who would really be upset with me for saying, I'll try it because he always says to me, try, what do you mean? You either pick up a chair or you don't. You don't try. You either do something or you don't. (laughs) Wasn't it Yoda who said you you can or cannot, that there There is is no no in between? There's no or there's no trying. Okay, there is no trying. There's no trying. Not, I thought that was stop. from the Karate Kid. Okay, whatever. No. It's all good. <laughs> and by the way, <laughs> it wasn't my, Mr. Miyagi. No, Wait it wasn't. <laughs> Although Mr. Miyagi has said a lot of mi- a, a million wonderful quotes. It yes, was Yoda, yes. and my dog is named Yoda, and he's laying over there. So he did not say it, but the the wise green one did. Oh, and exactly. um, our so dog. I know we one. have a farm dog out here. His name is Baka. People think it's for Chewbacca, but it's actually not. It's for my favorite place in Jerusalem where we lived. And we lived in a neighborhood called Baca. Oh, wow. I I love that. So, okay. So I'm dying here. I need to know about the farming. I have to know because I've never met a farmer before. A Jewish farmer? A a Jewish farmer in Boca Raton. Well, that's true. There's not a lot. But but our Jewish heritage is steeped with farmers. We were all farmers. Every holiday actually is an agricultural cycle uh, of the Jewish people. So Mm -hmm. it was actually very easy and authentic to have discovered this place. We say it found us, but then all of a sudden say, hey, you know, we have all this land. Why don't we try farming and gardening and bring people together through the soil, through the ground, through getting dirty and let them just like really be free in that way. So I went through the channels here in Palm Beach County of how to establish a garden farm that has organic produce and herbs and native flora. And through that process, there was an opportunity for me to get certified as a female farmer, Palm Beach County, which I said, yes, of course course you did, Uh, of course, and went through the process, which again, relationship and meeting new people, people that I never would have met before that have become good friends and we share and we trade orchids for rosemary and we trade palms for sunflowers. And we have a whole community out here in the Ag Reserve, which we should preserve and save. So that's another one of my little platforms. We definitely love it. And that allows me to do a number of activities in the garden and also it's wonderful as a nonprofit because we are a nonprofit organization to get grants from the county on the things we work with. We work with special needs adults. Mm-hmm. We worked with the Red Cross. We worked with public schools and community service we work with. So there's so many avenues to get involved in. And I feel so great about it because I am a Jewish educator and I love that everything I find and stumble upon and say yes to comes right back to the core of what I want to bring out into the world, you know? Mm-hmm. So it feels very full circle. You know, it always feels really connected. And it certainly sounds like you, Shandel, have found your purpose. Every day, working on it every day. I love and the it. people that we want to be in purpose with. Absolutely. So, yeah. If people want to get in touch with you, Shandel, and I'm sure they will after hearing this podcast, if they want to be part of your weekly study sessions, if they want to be involved with the retreat and the farm and see what goes on on the beautiful pieces of land that you have out here in, in West Delray, how do they get in touch with you? I know you're so welcoming and encouraging of all. So how do people reach you? So we have a really nice social media presence, okay? So we our organization is Liumi, L-I-U-M-I, Israel.com. That's our website. Or Lumi West Retreat on Facebook and Instagram. Shandel Plotkin, I think that my name now just goes immediately to Lumi. I think my identities have all merged. 
And we are welcoming and loving and love to give tours and taste some herbs and pick some sunflowers with everyone. So please come out. Absolutely. And listeners out there, when Shanzel says something, she really does mean it. So take her up on it. Find her on Instagram and Facebook. Look up the website. The pictures are absolutely magnificent and they will draw you in if, if nothing else, just to see really how stunning the agriculture is there and, and what you've done. Those sunflowers, oh. I mean, talk about just the sunshine that radiates alone from that. So take her up on that for sure. Dr. Boca, you have to get out there and you yeah, see what goes on there. I, like I'm like, want to get in my car right now and just drive over there. I love it. Come on over. I, I love I have it. To. I mean, I've passed it a million times. I have so many people who are connected to it. But like I said, I've never had the privilege, but now I'm going. I'm going. It's going to happen. And when I set my mind to something, it's going to happen. And just an aside, and this is so random, my husband's family made Aliyah when, um, well, it was a short-term Aliyah, but they made Aliyah when he was 12. And they lived on a kibbutz down south. And after I did my Israel trip, they met me there in Israel, my children and my husband. And for my kids' first experience and my husband's return after having left when he was 13 and a half from making Aliyah, it was a short stint. But we went down to the kibbutz and I was there and, you know, okay, maybe I'm not going to do kibbutz living, you know, full time, but the concept of it has always been something that I've gravitated toward. It's about the community. It's about everybody's responsible together. And that's what kind of makes it all bigger. It's bigger than each individual part. And that's what I love. So Shanda, what you are doing is exactly that. You are bringing people who really are disconnected or who have these passions and, and, and interests but don't know what to do with it. And they don't know how to make it bigger than themselves. And you are helping all of us figure that out, grow together, and in turn, grow our community and grow the well-being. I think that's the bigger part of it is the well-being and the humanness of all of us, which has been so lost or misplaced over the last couple of decades, that to have this opportunity to reconnect, grow, and then do do onto others um, is just such a beautiful thing. So thank you for sharing it all with us today and every day in our community. Thank you. Thank you. I, I had such a great time being with you, beautiful women today. I would love to come back and tell you more and I'd love to invite people out. And Rachel and I have a date to go on a trip soon. So I'm excited about oh, that. I can't wait. We got to talk more about that. Yeah, I'm going Maybe in we'll the do a podcast. Maybe we'll do a podcast from Israel. I was thinking we could start a little smaller than that and we can go to the farm and do one there. But if you oh, want great. me to do one in Israel, I'm good. I'm totally good. Wait, was I not invited to that? Were you two going to do it without me? <laughs> we'll, we we, we'll zoom you in, right? Yeah. Hey, zoom you will. in. I will be so jealous, but I would totally do it. Totally. Great. Well, we will. Listen, in the words of Shane, let's just say yes and we'll figure it all out later. Yes. Right. Listen, and when you're unpolished, that's what happens. You just kind of, all right. And then you kind of have to have to, you know, scurry around after the fact. But it all does work out when your intention comes from the right place. And whether you're unpolished or not, when your intention is good, all is right in the world. And Shandal, I always say, you know, a friend of ours, you're now a friend of the show forever. You are invited back anytime. The Thank answer you. is I always yes. 
so we lovely. love you. We're grateful for your time and your attention and your wisdom and your knowledge and your humor and your humbleness. You are really a force to be reckoned with. I can't wait for Thursday now for our study it's group. Thursday. I can't wait. And Dr. Boca, I'm so happy you two were able to finally meet oh, each other. I know that there'll Thank be you. many, many more togetherness now that we will um, put force out in, into the universe. But from Dr. Boca and myself, if you have any other questions or comments, concerns, if you have questions even for Shandel and you're not looking to reach her directly and you want to do it through our channels, that's perfectly fine. You can always reach us at unpolishedtherapy at gmail.com. You can find us on Instagram and Facebook at Unpolished Therapy. Of course, on Twitter, we're still there. We're hanging on by a thread, <laughs> folks, but we're at Untherapy on Twitter. We love our Wednesday mornings. We love that Shandle was with us. It's always fun when we add a little bit more diversity to the group, and Shandle has added just that. From myself, Rachel Silver Cohen, and Dr. Boca, thank you for joining us on another episode of Unpolished Therapy where our wheels and yours were turned upside down. We'll see you next week, everyone. Great sesh, girls. Hey, everyone, like what you heard? Then don't miss out on what comes next. Subscribe now and please give the girls a five-star rating. Learn more at www.unpolishedtherapy.com. Find and like them on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. We'll see you next week when Rachel Silvercone and Dr. Boca ditch the couch, grab the mic, and break down all the wreckage.